Welcome to the Sitcom Archive Deep Dive Overdrive, the Sado podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Ex Benedict. And I'm your other co-host, Alison Barton-Simmons. Um, if you've been with us so far, you'll know we're, we're balls deep into series one of The Good Life, and we're going to do every single episode of The Good Life. Um, such fans are we of most 70s and 80s sitcoms, but particularly this one, it's one of our favourites. We're going through every episode, week by week, and having a, a good deep dive into it and having a look at what makes it funny and the characters and everything about it, really. The fashion, the um, bizarre 70s and 80s idiosyncrasies. It's been good fun so far, eh? It has. It has the whistling, the noise making. It's all there. Yep. Oh, God. Tom, this week, I'm going to get stuck into the basket. It's, it's a bad week. It's a bad week for you. I thought about you when I rewatched it because there's a lot of noise making. Not just from Tom it's, either. Um, that, that generator is a noisemaker. Um, obviously not on the same is, kind yeah. of annoying level, but there's a lot of whistling and general racket. The generator isn't a sentient being, so I let it off. Whereas Tom should know better. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get stuck into this week's episode, oh, which is it is called yes. what is it called? The thing in the cellar. Um, the thing in the cellar. I just wanted to, I just wanted to remind everyone that these episodes of the Good Life are all available to stream for free on the DailyMotion.com website, so you can watch along with us. Yep, um, you can get them on BritBox over here in the UK, um, or they're on DVD if you're old school. They are. Um, so, um, before we get stuck into this, this week's episode, which, as I said, is called The Thing in the Cellar, do you, Alison Barton-Simmons, want to play another round of Does Margot Approve? Yay! Does Margot approve? Does she approve? Does Margot approve? Does she approve? Does Margot approve? Does she approve? <laughs> or, as it's more accurately really called, what does Penelope Keith dis disapprove of this week <laughs> oh looking forward to it okay so um it's actually not really a round of it's not something for you to guess it's just another piece of penelope keith being curmudgeonly that i found which i found really oh. amusing so i'm just gonna read it out what has she said um she's just such a um, an old misery guts oh no um, so um in an uh, in a interview in 2011 um the sitcom actress has accused TV bosses of killing off family shows through their invidious practice of targeting the youth market. <sighs> the, star, the star of To the Manor Born said modern television had become terribly compartmentalised and pointed out that her most successful shows had not set out to appeal to any particular audience. She said she felt sad that sitcom had become a pejorative term because all the best comedies were about funny situations. In an interview, the 71-year-old, which must mean she's 80 now, I guess, mm. Um, the 71-year-old explained, when I did The Good Life and Man Born, producers didn't have to fill in forms saying which audience they were targeting. It was just commissioned because it was good. And I, I see what she means oh. by that. It's a bit too... Hashtag different times, though. Yeah, she's. I think she's just one of these who, who craves for the good old days. Yeah. Um, but here, this is where she gets proper curmudgeonly. Um, life today is terribly compartmentalised. Children and adults eat in separate rooms or watch television in separate rooms. I'm sure there's, there's a reason why young people occasionally bash up old people <laughs> because the ages <laughs> don't mix anymore. <laughs> oh! No. Big sweeping generalisation there from Penelope, though. I think, she, yeah, I don't think you can really blame um, violence against the elderly on the fact that people don't get together to watch The Good Life anymore. No. 
Having oh. said that, I, me and you have been watching it, and I haven't beaten up any pensioners this week. I haven't, to- I haven't touched one. No. Well, pat on the back for us. Absolutely, um, I've not, in, not. I've not cracked anyone, so it's it's good on you. Um, she goes on to say, um, "This is to the Radio Times. This interview." I remember a girlfriend of mine saying that her daughter thought the Egyptians came next to the Victorians, which is extraordinary, but that's the way they're taught. My generation learned everything in sequence from the Norman Conquest on. She claimed that life experience is no longer valued by society, adding older people who just happen to have been around longer may not be cleverer than the young, but they've seen more. Oh, heck, yeah. She, yeah, she, oh. She's someone that I really want to like, but... I don't know. I don't think we'd get on. No, me, she seems me. very conservative, which I don't know why we're very. surprised about, given, given Margot's character. But you just kind of hope that she was just playing the part. Yeah, very, very well. But actually, yeah. it doesn't seem much of a stretch. Well, we. I still love you, Penelope, if you're listening. Yeah. But if you are listening, you're probably appalled at my grammar. So. Oh, we're going to be in the radio <laughs> times, aren't we? <laughs> Fingers crossed. I think we'll we'll have to we'll have to divert our attention to um, Felicity Kendall. You can put yeah. it to her instead. We'll get her to listen in. Yeah. Right. Let's start saying oh. nice things about Felicity. Oh, well, mind you, we only ever say nice things about Felicity Kendall, don't we? We do. Felicity Treacle Kendall. Right. Okay. So um, on that curmudgeonly um, note, let's get stuck into the thing in the cellar, series one, episode five. Yay. Good life, good life, good life, good life, good life, good life, good life. So this week, Al, we open with, um, did you notice the very first scene where we see mm. outside? There's that lovely sort of woodwind music playing. It just makes you feel nice and relaxed. And Yes. I loved it. It just made me feel like all relaxed and nostalgic. Oh, it was. It was. It just, um... it's, like, it's just like, you know. Getting together with an old friend in it when you watch an episode of The Good Life, it's brilliant. It is, it is. So that so the the woodwind plays, and then we we see Barbara's baking indoors, so she's making some bread. Mm-hmm. Yes, which we'll get get back, get back to in a bit. I actually thought it was a granny loaf or something when she was putting it in, but anyway. Um, and we can hear Tom like making noises, sort of going yeah. into noise overdrive in the cellar, and Barbara shouts down to him, um, and he's too busy making noises to hear what she's saying. And he's rightly told to shut his face. Absolutely, the the noise seems to his noise seems to um, it, it's when he's excited. It's when he's not sort of concentrating on a task. It's when he's just he's just filled with with excitement and um, just overcome with um, positivity. I think. Yeah, I mean, positive people. You know, you admire them, but you don't want to be around them all the time, do you? Because of that, no, it becomes, it's a bit much. It becomes exhausting and I guess mm. I don't know she must have Barbara must have the patience of a saint but um yes she calls him up for his cup of um, coffee his rationed cup of daily coffee or was it mm-hmm. tea I'm not really sure what it was it's coffee um, it is coffee yeah and then we get Margo and Jerry turn up don't we and it's quite amusing when they come in and the 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 way they greet Barbara because Margo immediately says um you're looking terribly tired and drawn Whereas Jerry yes. turns up and goes, hey, dollface. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it was lovely. And it's that first time that we really see um, the relationship between the neighbours as people and as men and women um, and couples together, if that makes sense. 
um, and their interaction with each other with the with the opposite sex of of the other couple. Yeah, a little bit flirtatious. We did see, I think, yes. one pre- previous week where, um, mind you, that was more lechy, wasn't it? When Jerry was, was it just when Margot looking... was drunk. I think it was when um, Barbara came around covered in filth from the harbour. Yes, and Jerry was yes. just leching her. But this is a bit more wholesome. He's just, hey, doll yes. I quite liked it. Yeah. He's in his indoor jacket again, isn't he? Oh, that indoor jacket. I, I More to come on the indoor jacket. <laughs> yeah, the indoor jacket is almost a star in its own right in this one, isn't it? It is. So Margot assumes that the electricity has been cut off. Um, obviously foreshadowing the electricity problems that are going to come later. I think she blames neo-Marxist strikes. She does. <laughs> which is um it, that made, it did make me laugh uh yeah she's yeah she wears a heart on a sleeve and then um it quickly becomes apparent what Tom's up to down in the cellar he's making a he's making a generator to essentially turn pig shit into lecky isn't he yes yes to um to keep that circle going round of the of the of the lifestyle that they've that they've started yeah and it's quite it's quite a noble thing he's doing like we said, he's just full of bloody enthusiasm and yes, enjoy. Quite tiresome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so while so while he's down there, um, Jerry goes goes and takes a look, and Margot tries once again to convince Barbara that they need to give up this nonsense, which is getting quite tiresome now. Even mm. suggesting that Tom needs psychiatric help. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And she does mean it. You can tell that that Margot, the character of Margot, she means it as well. She she cannot see beyond um, the fact that this is this is a strange thing going on in the house next door that she doesn't understand, and because she doesn't understand it, it's obviously mental. Yeah, that's what it boils down to. It's not at all. Yes. Um, I think we said last week that it was a turning point for Margot, but I think perhaps we do have to wait until the second series because yeah, she's still they're still a, they're still chipping away, aren't they? They're still body. chipping away. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, anyway, we cut we cut to Tom down in the cellar, whistling and noise making. It's yes. apparent that what he needs actually is a slap rather than mm. psychiatric help. He just needs a kick up the ass. Um, so Jerry's down there to have a look because he's quite interested in what he's doing, but he sort of mocks him, doesn't he, in his typical kind of deadpan, snarky way. Yeah, I didn't like it. I it made me feel a bit sad that your friend from from next door is showing you this thing that. Is going to bypass the need for electricity to come into the house. He's created his own um, sort of energy source in the house to light yeah, light bulbs. It, it and is to impressive, to, isn't it? And to, it is. It's really impressive. I was really impressed anyway. Um, so I just felt a bit let down by Jerry not jumping but on board. And, and Jerry has that moment of like the the penny dropping where he says, um, oh, "Hold on, you're never going to have to pay an electricity bill again, are you?" So he sort of realizes that the goods are going to save a fortune, and then he starts thinking about how much electricity Margot uses. Yes. And um which fuels the ar- another argument. Well yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, predictably. <laughs> but before we get to the argument, Tom mentions to Tom says to Jerry that it's all the devices they have and he says they have an electric toothbrush. And I wouldn't have <laughs> yeah. thought they were around in nineteen seventy five. I yes. I never saw one till the nineties, did you? Yeah. I think um I don't know, in the seventies, were they were they not sort of like <laughs> I might regret saying this. Um, they were like toothbrushes slash vibrators. I might have to look into oh, multi-purpose. that. multi-purpose. I think they might have been. Multi-use mm. um, electrical equipment for the home that was like advertised in the back of um, 
like newspapers and, and magazines. I'm going to look into that and I will report back. Yeah, if you can find a picture of a 1970s electric toothbrush, let's tweet it out. Slash because I'm sure it's going to be like jo- it's going to be like Joey's phone from Bread, isn't it? <laughs> Massive. <laughs> um, and the other the other thing that apparently they have is an is an electric swivel stick, and I've no idea what that is. Do you? Oh, swivel stick. I don't know. Maybe we need to find out. Is that is it? Is it like a? I don't know. That sounds like a like a stirring implement for things. Like for stirring your brew up, or I don't know. I'm, maybe, maybe that's maybe that's the slash vibrator thing that I'm that I'm thinking about. The swivel stick. Yeah. I don't swivel know. Swivel on this. <laughs> swivel on that. I need it's to look into this a bit more, um, a bit more deeply. I think. No yeah, pointing. I wonder if Jerry uses the dildo as well. <laughs> Possibly. I don't actually. I don't want to think about it. But <laughs> Jerry points out the sort of the ruthless nature of the sustainability life that they're leading because mm. effectively the pigs are going to, pigs are going to shit. Shit's going to turn yeah. into lecky and then they're going to kill the pigs and keep the pig, the pork in the yeah. freezer powered by the pig shit, which is yeah. a bit harsh on the pigs. Powered by pig shit. It's a circle yeah. of life though, Ben. I suppose so. It's, yeah. it's That's but, it. It's what they signed up for. But yeah, just set pinky and perky in the freezer. Yeah. Although, this is the thing. I don't really think that Tom's um, generator would stand up to much, you know, in in terms of real life. I don't think it's probably very feasible what he's doing. And much of what they do, as has been explored in countless arguments since since the show was on, you know, it's just unachievable. They're not really living Mm. a sustainable life in a very real way. I mean, they won't eat the pigs. They never do eat the pigs because they're too soft, you know. Yeah. They're just mounting, mounting up animals as they go along, really. Not with, with the intention to sort of go through with it and eat it, but they just end up with loads of pets. Yeah, yeah. It's quite <laughs> nice, but, you know. But then again, like yes. we said in the first episode, they paid off the mortgage by the time they're 40. They don't really give a shit. Yeah. No. Do what you want. Dig your garden up. Yeah. Oh, Have uh, pigs as pets. Imagine that now if you lived in that house in Surbiton at the age of 40 mm. and you owned it outright, you could do what you wanted, couldn't you? Absolutely. God, that must be unheard of. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we go we go back up to the kitchen and um, Margot's still sniping and yep. sort of making remarks. And um, Barbara's bread's ready. It comes out <laughs> of the rag and bone man's range. And... <laughs> And do you know? Do you know what? Everyone's laughing at it. All the audience and everything. And I was just my mouth was watering. I thought yeah. that looks amazing. Oh. And when they when they said um, later on in that scene about so what's for lunch? Oh, it's bread and cheese. Do you know? I, I could have well gone bread and cheese with that bread. It looked mm. it looked fantastic. It did. Probably goat's cheese from Geraldine as well. It was because they said, "Oh, good old Geraldine." So that's that's oh, yeah, what they were yeah. eating. Oh, I could. Oh, I could. I could murder that actually. Because uh, Jerry, of course, is boasting about what they're going to have for dinner, but I think I fancy the bread and cheese more. Yeah, I would stick around at the goods. We're just too simple, aren't we? We're not. We're I not. Think we are. Um, we don't have delusions of grandeur like Margot and Jerry. No, no. Well, but before um, the argument starts between Margot and Jerry, Tom enters and says, um, "Hello, Margot. Nice bit of thigh." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Slaps her on the thigh. <laughs> so I, I do I do quite like this the sort of like playful 
fun-loving relationship that they have between them, and you and you can see it coming out now. You can see the 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 friendship and the relationship that they've got as as couples that that live next door to each other and friends. It's quite it's quite. Yeah, it is. It is. It's playful, isn't it? And even though Margot, by her own admission, doesn't have a sense of humour, she definitely mm. likes it. There was she one likes the, the attention. previous week. She does. There was one the previous week, wasn't it, when she went, oh, don't be silly. <laughs> she loves it. Yes, she did. She did. Margot's not very impressed, is she, with Tom's um, success? No. Very well, if it'll make everyone happy if I say congratulations, Tom, then congratulations, Tom. <laughs> She, she she doesn't really understand it beyond the fact that the neighbours are making a lot of noise, the house smells of animal poo, and they, they seem to be very busy and flustered a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, and, of course, Jerry then seizes upon the fact that the goods are saving all this money, whereas Margot is wasting mm. all this money. And he makes that joke <laughs> that every dad in the 1970s and 80s made, which yeah. is that... What is it, Al? You know it, don't you? <laughs> it's a it, it's a Blackpool Illuminations um, joke of if you leave all the lights on, it's like Blackpool Illuminations around here. And yeah, he he drops it in there, and it's and it's great because Margot then suggests that Jerry um, just wants her to turn all the lights off, and then she'll just fall down the stairs. And this argument just escalates um, until yeah, that's she's just, doing she's usual... sort of convinced herself and Jerry that that's what Jerry wants. Look, Jerry, if you want me to fall down the stairs, why don't you just trip me up or loosen the stairs or simply throw me bodily down and have done with it? Well, um, don't you think it's weird that there's no southern-north-south divide, though, when it comes to house being lit up by, like, Blackpool Illuminations? Is there another equivalent? Is there yeah. is there an equivalent of, of, of the Blackpool Illuminations elsewhere? Do they not have them in Brighton? Okay, I found this on oh the my web. God, is, there, is there equivalent of the <laughs> <laughs> Siri's just answered my question. <laughs> what what triggered Siri? Um, I don't know if it was Blackpool. I think it was me asking the question. I didn't say Siri though, did I? Is no. there a? Is there a? Maybe. Is there a? M- maybe you said seriously. I don't know. I'm Siri. Oh, she's got. <laughs> what she's going off though as well. Oh dear. Yeah, I wonder if there is. Well, she's not quite, answered it's you. Quite, no, she just asked asked me what I wanted. This is the thing; they're useless, aren't they? They pipe up and then yeah. they don't bring you bring you any useful information. Okay, it's nosing. There we go. Um, so I don't. Yeah, I don't know if there is a, an equivalent anywhere else in the country. I suppose it's the most famous. I suppose. Yeah, I haven't been for years, but well, obviously I live live the other side of the world. But um, yeah, it's a top... bit of a bit of a trek. <laughs> yeah. it's not that good. Oh. <laughs> Come on, it's that time of year. Everyone pile in the car. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Jerry. So Tom gets gets in a huff, doesn't he, and not being the centre yes. of attention like the man-child that he is. Yeah. You know, Tom Good and his magic switch, he even says. He just wants to oh. show off. Yeah. And then he says, great, he says a great line. He says, for my next trick, I'll make Marco smile, <laughs> which I thought was quite funny. <laughs> I, I liked as well how, uh, how Barbara had a go as well. They both had to sort of flick it on and off to, to sort of... Sure that they're both involved and that they can both they can both do it and they were totally lauding it, weren't they? And you know it must be rotten yeah. not to have your own generator and um and that's when you know um Jerry shows off about his lunch and they they leave. 
You two are bloody unbearable, aren't you? <laughs> Sally, well, I'm going to be unbearable now. What are you having for lunch? Bread and cheese. We are having game soup, smoked salmon, and a rather drinkable bottle of hock. Ready, Margot? Bravo, Jerry. When Margot and Jerry leave, we actually have the most obnoxious line in the show from Tom, which is when the cheese and bread come out and he says, um, come along, woman, I'm starving. Food, food. Like Henry VIII banging yes. his cutlery on the table. You don't like it when he does that, do you? What a turd. <laughs> I'd have just fucking belted him over the head with that loaf of stale bread. With that, you'd have killed him. <laughs> you'd have killed him with that bread. She's got the patience of a saint, that woman. Yeah. Anyway, so we cut to the outside in the goods back garden. Um, and I know I pointed out the, the, the woodwind music at the beginning, but when we when we cut yes. to the outside, there was there was like a variation on the main theme tune and it sounded like it had come right out of a carry-on film. It sounded a bit, in fact, and I did notice it sounded a bit um, like the Archers off, off Radio 4. There was a bit of a an Archers yeah, sort maybe, of yeah. feel to it. Whether that's sort of like a like a farming, outside, outdoorsy kind of link, I don't know. It sounded to me like the type of music that usually accompanies Barbara Winter's bra flying off than, than anything think? else. Yeah, it just sounded a bit sort of slapsticky. <laughs> but thank well, I don't know if it is, thankfully not. We didn't see any brass fly off. No, Although, no, not this time. Barbara had offered to do some sort of naked dance moments earlier, so maybe that was why. Yeah, naked, naked clog dance on the drainer, I think, is what she um, she promised. Yeah, yeah. You know, if this show was on these days, there'd be, it'd be like Hollyoaks After Dark, wouldn't it? We'd have an episode of The Good Life where... <laughs> yes! The t- the two couples actually swung properly. It was like keys in the bowl, and the Tom cock. T- yeah, and 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 Barbara brings out um, Jerry's big yellow car keys, whereas Margot gets like the combine harvester or something car keys, and <laughs> off they go. And it's all graphic and unnecessary. So perhaps it's a good job that this show was on in the seventies rather than Thank rather God than today. That. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Good life, good life, good life, good life, good life, good life, good life. So um, over the fence, um, Jerry's pointing out to Tom that he's been a self-sufficiency bore, which he definitely yes. is. And mm-hmm. t- Jerry, Jerry's clearly a bit bored, so he tries to entice him to go fishing. Uh, Tom offers Jerry a lettuce, doesn't he? Which he then retracts and barters for a fag like the fucking leech that he is. He only gives him the lettuce when he gets a ciggy. Yeah, it yeah that it was quite odd that, weren't it? Yeah, you'd think he'd want to sort of show off the lifestyle, like look what I've made. Look, this is come on, get on board with it. Have have one of these off me. Um, but no, it's 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 sort of self self sufficiency till the till the end, isn't it? Like I'll I'll give you this, but I want something in return. I want to barter with my homegrown lettuces. Yeah, and given all the things that Jerry does for him, he's got a bloody cheek. Yeah. He has got a cheek, and I, I don't. Maybe, um, maybe Dicky Briars was just um, ad libbing it because apparently he was he was a sixty a day uh-huh. man. That's what killed him in the end, wasn't it? Emphysema. Really? Yeah. So maybe he was just he saw oh. the opportunity to get a fag off Paul Eddington. Get a fag, yeah. <laughs> I wonder. 
Um, so Barbara's desperate to pack off Tom fishing, and who could blame her, really? So she convinces him to go, sort of spinning a line, um, no pun intended, about eating fresh water <laughs> fish being a good self-sufficiency tactic, yeah. which, of course, you know, makes sense. Um, and Tom, you know, starts getting carried away thinking about hunting rabbits on the golf course, which I'm sure he actually does in a future episode. Yeah. Uh, Tom is pretty much convinced to go off fishing and Barbara gets some blessed relief. And we cut to um, the fellows fishing on the bank of the <laughs> bank of the canal or the river. And immediately it's clear, isn't it, that Jerry has already had his fill of Tom's nonsense. Yeah, he just wants to go on the ale. He's taken his pole down and he's ready. Yeah, he's ready for the off. Um, but he did say, because my dad's a fisherman, and um, when when Jerry says to Tom, one last cast, you said that 10 minutes ago, and that is, that is I think that's just fishermen in general, that if, you, if you're enjoying yourself, um, one last cast is a, a renowned, right, we're not going on for another like five hours, so, you know, just get, get yourself comfy. Right. And what surprises me in this scene, is, though, is that I, you know, I know that golfing is a, is a snobby sport, um, a Johnny's not around, is he? <laughs> to hear me say that. But, no, no, you can't hear. Um, uh, but f- I didn't realise <laughs> that fishing was seen as... Because um, we get this fella come over, don't we, who's, who's sort of um, very sort of supercilious and superior. Um, and he, yes. he calls Tom yeah. old man. And he starts talking about quantity, not yes. quality, and being a bit of an arse, really. And Tom's on the yep. on the defence... Well, he's on the aggressive straight away. He's immediately... Um, yeah aggressive back towards this guy because he's got a short temper hasn't he and the bloke the bloke says what are you some sort of anarchist and i thought why is it an anarchist <laughs> all he's doing is eating tiddlers that's not anarchy yeah he's just fished out all the crappy little fish <laughs> craziness yeah. yeah it hardly um puts you up there with johnny rotten does it <laughs> the guy calls um tom an unmitigated scoundrel <laughs> Scoundrel. I've not heard scoundrel for such a long time. It's, yeah, it's sort of accompanied by, by a, a waved fist, isn't it? The word scoundrel. You scoundrel. Yeah, it's up there with words like blighter isn't it? and rotter. Yes. Yes. Or cad. I can't hear the word cad without thinking of Major James Hewitt. Really? Oh, I think of Nigel Havers. Oh, yeah, he's the archetypal cad in, in TV shows, isn't he? Yeah, but I get, I, I, yeah, I get the, the James Hewitt thing as well. Yeah, Nigel Avers was ripping off Audrey last time I saw him in Corrie. In Corrie? Oh, I don't know if he's... St- oh, I don't know. I don't watch it. I, th- I think he anyway. might be dead, but then again, we're <laughs> behind here in New Zealand. Oh, right. This isn't the um, yeah. the Corrie deep dive overdrive, is it? <laughs> That's a separate spin-off podcast that we'll, we'll get to. We'll be here forever. <laughs> yeah, we'll have a whole spin-off series on Fred Elliott. I say we'll have a whole spin-off series. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, so so the guy, um, Tom loses it, doesn't he, with the guy when the guy calls him Riff. Yes. Um, and starts chasing him. And I, uh, it just seemed to me a couple of silly old buggers, really. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think fishing is, is one of those sports with the rules of you, you don't take the small ones because they've not had a chance to grow into into big fish yet so you've got to put them back and i think that i think it is one of them sports with a with a with a lot of rules going on um so it probably it might have been sort of like bad form to 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 sort of take them for your own use to take them home and eat so i could sort of understand the guy getting 
um, a bit aerated with with Tom. And Tom was, like you say, he was he was really aggressive about it. Not very um, apologetic for 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 stepping over the line. So um, back in the cellar, um, Tom's stuck in the freezer after gutting the fish. And um, yes. Jerry, tur- Jerry turns up having been summoned, as he often is by, by Tom. And he's mm. greeting an electrician for them. Tom tries to rope him into chopping some wood. I and mean, Jerry's far too sa- savvy to fall for that. Um, yeah. And we, we get a bit of casual sexism thrown in about chopping wood and it not being women's work. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't wash though. Jerry's just not up for it at all. He wants to just sit on the settee with his with his newspaper. He says, "Um, you've made your perverted bed and you can lie in it." <laughs> and then he says he's going to sit down and grow his brewer's goitre. Brewer's goitre, which I had to look up. What, what is that? What is it? It's a big bit. It's a big beer belly, effectively. Oh right. There must be another one oh, of these okay. sort of fra- phrases that comes up now and again from the seventies. It's probably a, yeah. an older phrase than the seventies. I, I imagine it was quite mm. rare then, and it's just died out. Yeah, a brewer's goat. I've definitely got one of them. And um, you, right, so it's like a beer belly. Yeah, and it, as when he sits down, the chair starts to shake, doesn't it, due to the generator yeah. in the cellar? <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, maybe that's how Barbara gets the thrills if she hasn't got one of those dildo toothbrush things. She just sits in the chair. She's not got a dildo toothbrush. Yeah, just sit yeah. on that chair. Probably be great fun. And then <laughs> the sponging bastards borrow Jerry's car. They invite him round. Yeah. And they haven't actually got any any means to get to where they're going. So any they means of his getting, car. yeah. Can't get the wood back, but we'll take your car. They've got, no, they're not sustainable at all. They just completely sponge off him. Yeah. Jerry's, Jerry's boot must just be just full of all sorts of shit from, from there. Bringing home of 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 goats and wood and the, the, yeah, they really do have sort of like high expectations of of their friend. But he's quite happy to sort of stay put and read the newspaper while they go off and do it. So well, yeah, I mean, I think it cuts, doesn't it, to later that afternoon and he's just asleep on the on the settee. <laughs> it's probably grateful of it. He'll be grateful. Yeah, probably a bit of peace and quiet. A bit of bit, bit of vaxing out the um boot. I think he's probably happy to swap that the the vaccine out of his boot for a bit of shut eye on their couch for for a couple of hours. It's a fair swap, I think. Yeah, and I imagine he's probably brought his own bottle as usual, and he's just yeah. slipped into one of his gin, gin. comas. Yeah, and then Margot rudely awake, awakens him by popping round and moaning about some some gloves. The gloves, and yeah, and then Jerry immediately have he probably got. Well, it's not morning glory. It's probably afternoon glory. He's woke up with a semi on and he tries to get his leg over it with Margot. And um, <laughs> she's not having any of it initially, is she? Nope. We're in somebody else's house. It's broad daylight. I don't find the thought of improvised lovemaking erotic. So so the generator stops and, and Jerry notices. And just as Margot's trying to convince Jerry to come home for a little bit of afternoon delight, Jerry decides he best go and look at the generator. Um, down in the cellar, leading to the classic line. Yep. Go on, Al. You do it. That's the last time I play the tart for you. It's <laughs> <laughs> such a brilliant line, that. Oh, it was brilliant. Yeah, loved it. And um, the goods arrive home and find Jerry in the cellar and Tom is just ramps up his arsehole-ometer to, to 12. Yes. And um, blames Jerry for the generator being broken. 
He'd obviously been, yeah, he'd not kept his mind on on the generator working, and um, he well, he was too busy trying to get his leg over. Yeah, I don't blame Jerry though, do you? No. Study Tom's um Tom's baby in it, and um he after he snaps at Jerry, Jerry minces off, and um, Barbara points out that that wasn't very fair, and Tom says, "Well, I'm not a very fair person." Yeah. And I suppose. I was torn between thinking there's a moment of, you know, self-awareness, but also mm. what a narcissist, he doesn't even care really. No. Um, but quickly realising that their buggered up generator means the fish is going to thaw and spoil, Tom goes to his usual solution of bludgeoning off the Ledbetters and having yeah. just um, having just been obnoxious to him, the cheeky c*** fucks um, <laughs> up next door with his fish, asking Jerry to put them in the freezer. Can you put these in the freezer? Yeah, it's which, which of course ugh. he can't, can he? Because the, the there's been a power cut, and um, I think the episode ends actually, doesn't it? With just Jerry sarcastically remarking that power cuts don't affect people with their own generator with and, the and ro- offering yeah. them a candle, <laughs> <laughs> and he just does his laugh. It's it's one of those rare episodes where. It's like a victory for Jerry because usually he's henpecked, yes. isn't he? And he sort of gets the rough end of the stick, and the goods always get their own way. But I think he gets the upper hand there, and then it, that's phase to credits, isn't it? Yeah. Um. So, um, who was your sort of um, most valuable player in this episode? Presumably not Tom. No, not Tom. Um, I think Jerry in in this episode for the fact that he steps up constantly throughout this episode to help out the goods, whether it's um, the car keys so that they can bring the logs home or they're just going round for the afternoon. And he probably had an ulterior motive for a bit of peace and quiet, but he went round to house sit in case the electrician came round. And so there was, yeah, he was he was obviously trying to be helpful, trying to be a good friend. And, I, and I, yeah, I admired that. He's just a good egg, isn't he? He is. He is. And the, the the moaning that that he that he puts up with because that's becoming even though obviously the the character of Margot is coming into its own the more episodes we watch, um, if you think if you think of Jerry as a human being as a real person, um, the, the the what he puts up with the ear bashing and the mithering and the um, hem pecking that he gets at home as a person, yeah, I I think yeah Jerry is a good egg. He was definitely, uh, I agree with you, he was my um, MVP mm. as well. Because yeah, for all the reasons you, you just said, but also because um, basically he, you know, he was, he was a good friend, but he also had some great lines in that one, you know, mm. in his rows with, with, with Margot. And he had the last yep. laugh, li- literally, because it went yes. off, you know, he was doing his, as he went out. But he had the last laugh over Tom. So he was definitely, he was definitely the best in that episode for me. I agree. Um, and of course, as usual, he wore, this is me doing a uh, seamless link, as usual, he wore some fabulous clothes, which brings us nicely to... Fashion, fashion Corner, Fashion Corner, Fashion Corner, Fashion Corner. Fashion corner, fashion corner. corner. The, the start of Fashion Corner, not for the first time, um, is Jerry's indoor-outdoor leather jacket. That's the jacket for every occasion, whether he's going to work, um, whether he's lolling about on the sofa with a gin, whether he's stalking around the back garden. Um, 
this jacket just comes into its own um, in this episode. Um, and also, he the, the, the shirt, um, I think I mentioned a couple of episodes back, it's like a green and teal and white number um, that he often wears with this jacket. And it's a really good combo. And it's something that I want to see. I want to see now. I want to see somebody wearing now because it is, I think it's timeless. It really is timeless. Um, I've not got much to say about the other the other clothes in the episode. Um, as they just all seem to sort of fade into the background with um, with, with with Jerry's um, ensemble. Um, although there was the... Um, the Burberry, the Burberry slacks made another appearance on Jerry, um, which again are worth a mention on their own. Um, he, I, I don't know, I, I, I never, I've never watched this with um, with these kind of eyes before of, of looking out mm. for for fashion with regards to someone that isn't Margot because she obviously often steals the show. She didn't in this episode. I think she 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 had. Um, like a like a peachy salmony coloured um, ensemble on at one point, but it was no, just not really, not really noteworthy. Um, L- later on in the episode, Margot does have a match. She comes in when she's when she's coming in to moan about her gloves. She's got like a headband on that matches her. Yes, bios, um, with a matching nice. smock. Yes, which is lovely. It is lovely. Um, I think that's perhaps a, is that a gardening gear that she puts on. It's very lovely for gardening. When she's here. got the genie in a lamp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to do the water. Yes. Just wandering around and, and just yeah, just spraying things. Um but yeah, Jerry's jacket is um is is my is my noteworthy um piece of fashion in this episode, definitely. Well, not wanting to rain on your parade because this is very much Al's fashion corner, but I would Go like for to it. draw draw attention to Tom's awesome duffel coat that he wears when he goes when he goes fishing when he goes fishing yes he's fishing duffel coat I bet it yeah, stinks because I'd forgot I'd forgotten all du- forgotten all about duffel coats you don't see him anymore I had one when I was little and, <laughs> yeah and, um, yeah and he rocked the duffel coat when he went fishing and of course the busybody um, guy who, who called him a scoundrel he was wearing like yeah. a tweed a tweed hat um, thing that was a bit like Sean Connery's in Indiana Jones. I do love how um, whoever was the um, costume designer for The Good Life really does sort of set you up to um, to see what people are wearing and and make an assumption of, of whether it's class or um, education. You, you sort of you, you you're made to you're drawn to. Um, they're sort of standing in society based on what what they've got on. So, like a tweed hat, you you would yeah. sort of associate with someone of a of the upper echelons, perhaps. And a duffel coat is just yeah, yeah every day, every man. Guy. Yeah. Of course, we've mentioned it before, but um, the person who is in charge of the sort of fashion in, in, in on the show is probably freed up to concentrate on the other characters by virtue of the fact that Penelope Keith was given carte blanche to buy all her own clothes for the show. So that, yeah. So she, and I, th- I think she did She did a good job because there, there is like a certain... You could even now, if you saw a picture of, of, of a dress, you, that you, you could quite happily and quite easily say, that's a Margot dress. So I think she, she did have a yeah. finger on the pulse and was able to do a good job of it, definitely. I bet she was made up with that, though. I mean... Yeah. Um, I've got a quote from here, but she says that... Um, 
Penelope told an audience at Cheltenham Literature Festival. <laughs> this is this isn't curmudgeonly for once. This is actually a, a, a <laughs> quote which is quite positive from Penelope King. Um, Penelope told the audience um, there were worries about the costume budget because Richard Bryce and Felicity Kendall decided that their green make do and men character should wear the same clothes all the time. So the costume supervisor was determined to spend the entire budget in case her budget for the next program was cut. So every Monday of the week, she went shopping in Harrods or along Regent Street, buying all these wow. wonderful clothes, just because they were worried about the budget being cut. So she just got carte blanche to go and buy whatever she wanted. Wow. That's such a... Um... A perk? Yeah. And it's also quite like an old school way of, of having a budget, isn't it? That you had to spend it in order to keep it. It's like a government thing, isn't it? That's what it government is. agencies are like. They won't want to spend the money, otherwise they won't get it next year. They won't get it next year, and yeah, it's. I think it's definitely of a time. I don't. I, that's possibly not something that you that you'd hear much of anymore. Um. So next week, do you know what next week's episode yes. is called? I do. It is. Um. Episode six is the pagan right. Ooh, I can't remember what that's about. Can you? Um, Tom and Barbara um, are invited round to dinner after Andrew orders Jerry to invite them because he wants Tom to do some freelance work, apparently. Oh, yeah. yeah. It does ring a bell, actually. So join us next week. We'll have a look. We'll have a big deep dive into that one and see if Tom can redeem himself by being less of a wanker. Um, I doubt that he will, but you never know. Um, you never know. If you want to check us out on social media, you can find us at Saddle Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We have a Facebook page that you can find by searching for Saddle Podcast. That's S A W D O. And we have a website, www.saddle.club, where you can get more information or listen to the episodes. Get in touch. You can email us at saddlepodcast at gmail.com. And please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you can't find us wherever you get your podcasts and you've been forced to listen to it on the website, hit me up and tell me because I need to fix that shit. <gasps> thanks to Anya, as always, for our mm. fabulous artwork. And thanks to Beat Raid, um, our favourite Macedonian song maker, who did us a wonderful cover of uh, the Good Life theme tune, which we use every week. And thanks to you for listening. And um, we'll catch you next week, you scoundrels. See you then! Jelly. <laughs>